right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Harpin, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com. Joining us as always, Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis. We're going over our bright spots. It is Brian's turn. Dave, at the end of part one, just gave us the uh, Chris Boswell, which I agree with 100%. Brian, who's a bright spot or what is a bright spot for you heading into week three? Well, I still consider the defensive line to be a bright spot for the Steelers because it's led by Cam Hayward. And I have, my gosh, Cam Hayward's the guy that, you know, he was considered a bust his first couple of years. I think the third year he finally started to break out next thing, you know, in the fourth year, they're, they're definitely extending them. And it seems like every year you just see more and more. And we talked about last week, I think it was uh, when I brought it up and then Dave said, is Ben a guy that can carry the team on his back? And I don't think he is anymore. And that was the discussion and that's for another time. But Cam Hayward at, he was a number one pick in 2011. He's in his thirties and it seems like he's Benjamin Button in a way because he's, he's going in the opposite direction as far as aging. I think he gets better with year. I think if you want a good nickname for him, I just call him fine wine because that's exactly what Cam Hayward <laughs> exactly is. That's what I thought. That's a good you, one. You know, he's fine wine. Fine I, I, wine. I tell you what, and, <laughs> and not only is that when they lose, you're, you're, you're going to hear from Ben, you know, you are. And Ben is going to say, I should have played better. Then Cam is not afraid to call you out. And he's also going to say, we need to, we need to play better as a group, but I'm going to call us, call us all out and say that it's not just because of one person. Cause Ben likes to put it on his shoulders because that's kind of the, uh, kind of the game he plays, but with cam, he's, I could guarantee you, he goes into the locker room and he is the one calling the players meetings. He's the one calling everybody out and uh and saying that we need to do better but yeah um uh, no i'm not gonna say that he's old i'm just gonna say that this guy is really i mean he's just a champion on this team and you think he could have played in the 1970s (laughs) of course he could have played on that steel curtain he really could i don't know who you'd replace him with but he would i mean who who he would replace but all I'm saying is Cam just keeps getting it done week after week. And when Tuit goes out, he's like, all right, don't worry. I've got this. So if you look at the, the rest of the defensive line, I think Wormley is, I think he's cutting it. I, I think he's getting things done. And wherever they go, as far as uh, what they're going to do about replacing Tyson, you know, I mean, there's a few guys in there. They're uh, they can do a few things, but whatever they do, I think they're going to be fine because of the leadership of 97. Dave, any comments about Cam Hayward? Yeah. Before I do, I just want to say something. I just got a message from my brother that my high school offensive line coach passed away today. So um, if you heard my phone buzz, that's what it was. So I'm, uh, that's a little bit disheartening, but uh, uh, Coach Hauser, you were a great coach. I, you're you're going to be missed. Um, back to Cam Hayward. Brian, thank you for bringing up Cam Hayward because everyone knows that's my guy. I wear the jersey, everything else. Um, that's my guy. So I'm glad someone else could say Cam Hayward so I could gush over Cam Hayward. You called him fine wine. I think I might call him Glenn McKenna 
because if you, if especially if you watch How I Met Your Mother, you know, 30-year Glenn McKenna is what they always wanted to have until they're like, oh, well, yeah. that's something that's even, oh, the 30-year is good, but they found out that the 35-year was even better. So uh, that, that kind of fits in pretty good with Cam Hayward. But uh, it's just, he's, believe it or not, Jeffrey's been talking about it a lot, but with, but Stefan to it not being there has them asking Cam to do something different that allows him to get more pressure. When when Stefan Tua comes back, he might not be asked to do the same thing, but what he's asked to do, he will do just as well. He will do whatever they need him to do, and he always does it well. So, yes, Cam Hayward is – that's why he's the captain. Let me bring up this super chat. Shield91 gives us $10. Says no joke on injured reserve this week with a groin injury, just like half of our football <laughs> team apparently. Worried I might not get to run my first marathon, but BTSE helps me stay positive. Thanks, friends. Thank you, Shield, for the tip. And as someone that's trained several people going to marathons, that's got to be excruciating, not just painful, but to train all that for that race and then not get to do it would be disheartening. But I, I no. know what you mean. Yeah, I, I'm I've sure you do. All the marathons I've trained for. And <laughs> no, no, no. no. I have never run a marathon saying I've trained people that have. Oh, no, I've trained that. a lot of people <laughs> for marathons, too. They were just movie marathons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, my. So uh, for me, I, I thought about, in a little different way for Bright Spots, I thought about players that, you know, kind of had some – pressure on them this season. Najee Harris was one. I went with two players that they're similar positions. I went with Cam Sutton and James Pierre. I think that combination has, has played well. And yes, it hasn't always been perfect. I know James Pierre has gotten, had some catches in front of him and stuff like that. He got turned around once, I think against Buffalo, but I mean, my gosh, it's not going to be perfect. This guy was undrafted in 2020 and he's asked to play a significant amount of snaps. Uh, I would love to be to see him stay on the field instead of Akello Witherspoon. In, in the coming weeks as Witherspoon gets more acclimated. Uh, but I, I think that Cam Sutton, his versatility is still really, really valuable to the Steelers. And he and Pierre working in concert with the fact that they still want to move Sutton inside is very valuable. So I have those two guys on my list to finish it out. Dave, any comment on that? Uh, yeah, honestly, with them, I would say more week one was there was where they did better. They Them having Joe Hayden really – you know, to where they don't have to be the number <laughs> he one. He was the biggest loss, in my opinion. Yes. You know, those guys are great as two and three. I You don't want to have to ask them to be one and two. No. But also, I want to lump in with there because the person who stepped up the most last week in the secondary, I thought, was Terrell Edmonds, um, believe it or not. So I understand what you're saying, that there are some bright spots in the secondary um, as well. But with those two guys, if we can keep them as the number two and three guys, um, sorry. Um, you know, that's the goal for the Steelers to, to, that's where I think they'll, they'll fit even better right now this season at this point. Yeah. Brian, any, anything to add on the secondary there? No, I, I like what Dave said about Terrell Edmonds, but I think Cam, I I'm still really feeling good about Cam Sutton and like it was said, you know, Joe Hayden being back changes that as well. There you go. Uh, real quick uh, scheduling announcement. I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show based on the fact that we started talking about the injuries and stuff of that nature. Set your DVR Steeler fans to Friday night, NFL Network, 9 p.m. Eastern time. That is James Harrison's A Football Life airs. Um, if you've been on social media today, you've probably seen a lot of little snippets of it, like 30-second clips. 
there's Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, there's a lot of Joey Porter makes a, an appearance in that show. I'm recording it. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, it's one of the few football shows my wife will actually sit down and be engaged in. She thinks they're very interesting, regardless of who they are. So um, in between the Ryder Cup, I will be watching the James Harrison football. Episode. Make sure you check that out for sure. Again, 9 o'clock Friday night on the NFL Network. All right. Um you're right over there. Everybody yeah, I, I, I'm a little upset because I wasn't interviewed for the <laughs> for James Harrison. Because what, what were you gonna say? Well, I there was that time back in 2006, right before the Denver game at the Butler Mall, where uh, we were talking back and forth. Uh, he was at one urinal and I was at the other, and they didn't ask me about <laughs> James Harrison and everything. And you know, it's really hard when you're when James Harrison's trying to talk to you and you're at a urinal. You're really nervous just standing there. It's like, oh my gosh, I. James Harrison's talking to me and I'm trying to pee and now I can't, now I can't pee. So <laughs> there fight. you go. <laughs> you, need that, you need that much focus in order to get there, Brian. <laughs> Brian said it was, it's like a, it's like a scared turtle. All right. Um, <laughs> the water is cold. All right. You ready for some over under guys? Let's do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All Love right. That. So Najee Harris continues to be a trend for me in the over under game. Najee Harris rushing yard 65 over under Dave. Oh, it keeps going down. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they just keep putting, I, I have an article coming out sometime soon. I talked about it on stat geek. Jeffrey talked about it. They keep putting more defenders in the box of what the Steelers can block. And that's assuming that everyone else makes their block perfectly. There's still one extra guy that they can't account for until the Steelers kind of burn them otherwise. You know, believe it or not, I think I might say under this week. Mm. Oof. I uh, know. I, 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 I think the Steelers might, they might finally turn it to the air, which might get other teams to start backing off. That's what they really Okay. Need. I get it. Brian over under 65. It's got to happen sometimes. So let's just say it happens this week. Let's get, let's say over. I'm going under again, 65 yards. All right. Najee Harris touchdowns overall. I'm going to send it at a half. So does he hit pay dirt for the second week in a row? Dave, what do you think? Over. He might not have a lot of yards, but they might need him to punch one in. I like it. Brian. He could go by air as well. Yeah. I, I'll go over. I I really think that they're trying to be innovative in using him, and they really want to make their investment look better. And But I think fans are thinking that he's uh, – people are not really disappointed in the investment, but I think they want to try to give him as many situations to get in the end zone as possible too. I'm going to go over as well. Ben Roethlisberger passing touchdowns one and a half. Dave, over under. I'm going to go – over, we're assuming that he's healthy and plays the whole game. Correct. Yes. So I will say that I think the Steelers have more than one and a half passing touchdowns, regardless of who is throwing them. Okay. Brian Anthony Davis. Yeah, let's go over as well, but not by a bunch. I'm going to take the over as well. Quarterback hits surrendered. This is a new category for me. After the 10 quarterback hits surrendered against the LVR, Las Vegas Raiders with 10. My gosh. I'm going to say four and a half quarterback hits over under Dave. That's a really good number. Thank because you. I had a number in my this head. It's not my I, first time doing this. Yeah, I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say over because the number I had in my head was five. That if they could just they're not gonna keep Ben completely from getting hit in my yeah. like from one week to the next. It's not gonna happen that fast. But it would be a big victory if they cut the number in half. Yeah, I think so. 
and I don't think Cincinnati's front's as good as the Raiders. There's a lot of people that aren't as good. At, yeah, right. Brian, the, I mean, over over under Brian, four and a half quarterback hits are under. I'm going to say slightly under, and I was going – you guys stole thunder because I was going to say there's not many Max Crosby's or Carl Nassib's out there. I, I really think those guys that, – that's a nice offensive line that Vegas has – defensive line that Vegas has. And I tell you what, I, I think Max Crosby is going to be one of those guys that we talk about in 20 years for the uh, Hall of Fame if he keeps going. I just really think that he's an awesome player, one of my favorite to watch. Um, especially when he was destroying Baltimore. I, I didn't like it as much when I was watching him, uh, you know, mince up our line. But yeah, let's let's say under that. I think Dave's exactly right. They don't have the Bengals. I, I can't even tell you many guys on the Bengals defensive line. I know uh, one of their main pass rushers last year was uh, Carl Lawson, and now he's gone, and I know he's hurt too. But that's a hard defense to talk about because you used to have Dunlap and you used to have Atkins and all those guys. And I don't think they're names now. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to throw in there just since Brian was, was brought it up. I know a lot of people, whether you like them or hate them, but just to announce them, the PFF scores for the entire NFL, Max Crosby is number two in the entire NFL with this score just ahead of TJ Watts. Wow. But of course, they're both behind Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward, really? Okay, yeah. good. I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Steelers sacks on Mr. Joe Burrow on Sunday. The line set at three, even. Dave, what do you think? Joe and Burrow. Th- let's assume that TJ Watt plays. Let's assume that Alex Highsmith does not. And let's assume that Taco Charlton does not get promoted. And they go into this game with three. Yeah. I'm. Thinking, I I think they if Heisman's not going to play, I think they have to promote somebody, um, whether it's Taco or the other guy that they have, which I can't even remember his name right now. Um, sorry, I'm going that I'm going to go for I so I'm going over the the Bengals line has been playing better than they did last year, but they haven't had to face the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Brian, what do you think? They did Joe Burrow a, a big disservice when they uh, they went with Jamar Chase in, instead of a Penne Sewell or a Rashawn Slater. They they really they really messed with him because you know I know they're they're a little bit better with the offensive line and they added a Jackson Carmen and I get it, but. I really don't like uh, – I think that's what's going to hold them back and get Joe Burrow killed again. And against a team like the Steelers, he is going to definitely uh, – he's going to be def- definitely in peril this weekend. Um, so, yeah, let's go over. I like what Garrett Slingerland said on the chat, four with Watt, one without. And I I think they can even uh, they can even rack up five. I'm going to go over with four as well. Let's talk about Steelers defensive takeaways. They have not had many this season. It's still early. I'm going to say the line at one and a half. Dave, what do you think about the takeaways for the defense? One and a half. I was trying to look up something real quick because I know Joe Burrow had at least one interception last week. He had three, it, I think, on it three was consecutive a, it, passes. Well, I know because of the pick six, if yes. you know what I mean. Um. Yeah, he had three, but he didn't have any the the, the first week. I I think what was the line again? 
one and a half. One and a half. Let's. I'm going to go over this week if they have enough of their guys. If if you have Bush, Hayden, and Watts, that I think this, you know, the Steelers' defense will come together more. And let's let let's 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 get two takeaways this week. It would be really nice. Okay. What about you, Brian? What do you think? One and a half takeaways. They've got to get. Uh, I'm going to say that if they have any chance, it's going to have to be two. I agree. I think I'm going to go with over and have two. I hope they have a game where they have two. They need one. Steelers turning the ball over in any way, shape, or form. I have the line set at 0.5 or a half. What do you think, Dave? I'm going to go over on that one as well. I really wish that the offense would play a clean game. I'm just – I'm. I don't want them to, to be so worried about playing a clean game that they won't take a shot and they constantly keep punting. You know what I'm saying? I would I would rather have I would rather have a back-to-back possessions where one is a touchdown and one is a turnover than have two punts, if you know what I mean. Because I don't I, I don't want it to go too ultra conservative and just leave it on the defense. So for that reason, I think they'll have at least one. All right, Brian. Wow, um, they—they're not clean, and you know I know they didn't give up much against uh, Buffalo, which actually really surprised me. I—I ex- I like what Dave won. said there. I—I'm actually going to say they're going to give up too, because the the problems are not going to go away. This is not—I I don't want to steal his thunder, but tomorrow night's six pack with Tony. It's like the Bengals might not be a gut right game for the Steelers. So if you're expecting them to just go in and go crazy now, I, I could actually see them struggling at first and, you know, maybe giving up two, at least. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say under, I don't think they turn it over at all. I think this is one of those games that they, they, they play a clean brand of football. All right, let's go to the last one. You all ready? Let's well, total. I was going to say one thing real quick. I think at the end of the season, when you look back at what games where the Steelers were plus, minus, or even, I think their pluses are going to be wins and their minuses are going to be losses. I think it's the most important thing that's going to set the t- – I mean, imagine if they had – if they didn't get the takeaway in Buffalo and had a and had a turnover. That game's probably different. Imagine if they got a takeaway against the Raiders and didn't have one. That game's probably different. You know what I'm saying? I think it's the key thing that's going to lead the most telling statistic, other than the points, that's going to read to the uh, lead to their records. Sorry. I agree. No, it's okay. Let's finish it up here. Total rushing yards for the Steelers. So we already did Najee Harris individually, but total rushing yards for the Steelers over under set at 80. 80. Dave, what do you think? Over under. Oh, I'm going under. If Najee's not getting 65, they're not mm-hmm. getting 80. I mean, I know you'd like you'd be nice to have a nice end around and everything, but uh, I, I I'm not gonna bank on it. Okay, Brian, I'm actually banking on the end around, and because I was thinking, I was about to say no under, but then I realized I said, yeah, Najee's going over with 65, and they're gonna get the 15. Um, just, I mean, they might get a couple on a Ben scramble. Um, but they're definitely going to, they're always going to have that jet sweep or something going on there. I can see that continuing to happen, but I, I, if it was, uh, if it wasn't for the idea of a jet sweep or the fact that they like to do that, 
and around, I would say under, but I got to go over because there's nobody right now. Benny Snell, I have no confidence in Benny Snell whatsoever. When I see him come in, I feel like when I see them handing off to him, I feel like it's a wasted down. Yeah, I agree. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with under, by the way, under on that 80. Okay. Let's do some predictions. Was that, was that the last over under? It was. Can I ask one myself? Sure. Go for Let's it. set the same number of 80. How about Najee Harris receiving yards? At 80? Yeah. Are you talking about combined yards? No, I was talking about receiving yards. I think he's going to get more involved with that. I think that's high. But I think, honestly, yeah. 80 was what I, was, was what I would say. is that I, I could see him having more receiving yards than the Steelers have rushing yards as a team. Wow, that's a, that's high. I would I would have been thinking more like fifty five receiving mm-hmm. yards is an over under for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would still mm, I agree with you. I think they're going to get him more involved in the receiving game than they are. And just to get, I think they're realizing slowly that he's more than he's more of a lady on bell two way type player than he is just a standard in between the tackle running back. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I would say over and fifty five, but under yes. and eighty. What about you, Brian? <laughs> You know we what? Should have said, we should have said it at 65. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say over. You know, I really think, I agree. Dave's saying everything that I want to say here tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that the whole Pat Fryermuth thing where Ben was sure to bring up the fact that he that uh, they need to use Pat Fryermuth more. Is that a little bit of a Ben smokescreen? Because he's good at that kind of stuff. That means that if he's bringing up one guy that maybe the focus is getting uh making sure the Najee and that kind of takes trying to take the focus off of them, whether, I mean, Bengals have professional coaches. They're, they're not going to ignore one guy, but I I've seen Ben try to use smoke screens before and maybe Muth is not going to be as heavy in the game plan this week. And Najee is, that's just what's going on in my black and gold brain. There you go. Lifelong fan 07 gives us 499 says, I think this is the easiest defensive line they'll face. And I say they have a running revelation over 80 yards. I hope, I hope you're right. I hope everyone's right. I hope they do run the ball. I hope Najee gets 115 and another 40 yards receiving. That would be awesome. Scores two touchdowns. What a day. But I'm not predicting that. So <laughs> I'm not, not about to do that. But speaking of predictions, let's do our predictions for the game. Dave, what's the latest line in over under? I think the last I saw was three and a half, but it fluctuates up to four and a half in some books. What do you have? Yeah, it's been kind of all over the place. As and because it really Ben's injury changes. It's up and down with the injuries. You've really you've really noticed with this one. So right now, believe it or not, the consensus at Odd Shark is at three. Even three, three. Okay, all right. The over under of forty three. That's a low one too. I think the forty three is what I actually put down on our picks. That was the number, but I think the number I had on our picks was three and a half or four. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do our prediction time. Uh, We'll let Brian go first since Dave's been stealing all of Brian's thunder tonight. (laughs) I'm. You know, I never have a problem with Dave stealing my thunder. I'll just agree with his brilliant ideas because i knew they were mine and then i could piggyback <laughs> off of that i'm not gonna cry about it i'm just gonna be like yeah it's fine and it takes the heat off of me um especially when i come up with something stupid like bj finney from last year um so with which was innovative and you guys just didn't get it but go back to old shows yeah you should well 
we need we need the downloads. So go ahead and go back to old shows. <laughs> oh my god! I'll get you the exact date. But you know, I, I'm looking. I think the Steelers. You know, Tony's mentioning that hey, this might not be a get right game. He's probably right. You know, this isn't going to be an absolute blowout. You know, these guys, the Cincinnati Bengals, know how to score points. My gosh, when you have Higgins and I'm not talking Magnum PI's Higgins. I'm talking T Higgins. I'm talking Tyler Boyd. And then Jamar Chase is, wow, he's going to be absolutely amazing. Those guys have the potential to score and more than they ever did before. But I still think if TJ Watts back in this game, that this team is going to rebound and get right. I mean, don't know how well they're, they're going to get right. Are they going to be are they going to turn into finally look our problems are over? No, that's not going to happen, but they're going to win this game and they're going to win this game by a score of 33 to 26. Wow. Okay. I like it. A win's a win at my, at this point, Dave, what's your prediction? Yeah, it was really fun on the Scobro show when we do the predictions at the end and we let have everyone put in the live chat and we bring them up. Rich gave a Dave answer. And then everyone followed, not everyone, but a lot of people followed suit. We gave them permission to because it was so early in the week. We didn't have um, an injury report yet. So it, we really didn't know that there was really big factors. And they're like, if everyone plays, it was this score. If everyone doesn't, it's that one. And it's kind of nice. But now I feel like we have it a little bit closer. And I'm going to assume that, you know, Ben, TJ Watt, Joe Hayden, Devin Bush, that those four players are going to be out there. And if they are, and not just out there to start, but they're out there at the end, meaning that they can play the whole way through this game. I think the Steelers will, will beat the Bengals. I mean, they've until they had won how many in a row against them until they lost the last one? It was at least nine. I know that. Um, so it's I'm going with the score of what was it that I said I was going to do? I'm going 24-17 Steelers. Oh, all right. That's very close to my prediction. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty. I think this is going to be a close game. I think the Steelers just eventually, their defense kind of overwhelms the Bengals' offense. Higgins has been out the last two days of practice with a shoulder injury, so keep an eye on that. That could really hurt their offensive uh, game plan. I have the Steelers winning this one 23-17, so I'll take the Steelers giving the three, and I'll take the under of the 43 um, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, uh, so we'll go with that. Let's do some – go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, I would not be shocked if the Steelers held the Bengals to single digits. If that was the case when the game was over, I wouldn't be surprised if they have all their defensive pieces in yeah. place and they come out here and say, hey, we are that defense that was here in week one. I could see it. I'm, I'm not ready to pick it, but I could see that – I could I could see that happening. Okay. Um, real quick, let's do bold predictions and we'll get to trivia. So Dave, what's your bold prediction for this week? <laughs> I didn't even think about my bold prediction for this week. My bold prediction. Can't be bougie, by the way. Oh, can't be bougie. <laughs> ah, no bougie. No bougie. My bold prediction is that the Steelers will be leading at halftime. That's mm. bold because they haven't been able to. When's the last time the Steelers led at halftime? Not counting the preseason. It's been a while. Yep. So my bold prediction, I'm not saying I'm going to lead by much, but I'm going to say that I think the Steelers are going to have the lead at halftime. Um, I don't think it's going to be they have the lead and hold on. I think they're just going to have it and kind of play out the second half just the way it goes. But uh, 
That's it. That's what I got. All right, Brian, bold prediction. Okay, number 12 is going down. The Steelers will go ahead and score a touchdown on their first possession for the first time in 12 games. A touchdown or just points? I'm seeing a touchdown. Mm -hmm. All right. Can I throw a little stat out there? Sure. If the Pittsburgh Steelers score a field goal on their first possession, as bad as you would think that that would be, it would put Matt Canada scoring more points on average per game on his first possession as an offensive coordinator than Randy Feigner did in his career. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, my god! Because Randy was under a point. It was .9 something. Oh, Randy land. Well, you know, my I had two bold predictions. One of them was they were going to score points on the opening drive. So, Brian, I'm on your I'm right there with you. I have my second one is that Pat Fryermuth hits pay dirt for the first time as a pro. That's so those are my two bold predictions. I want to get this uh, vodka drinker gave us $5 and says, how is Lance? Um, I'm assuming you're talking about Lance Williams. And I can say I have not spoken to that man since uh, I left for another venture. And so I can't speak for Brian or Dave. Haven't talked to Lance in a really long time. So if you all can, if you, you know, he what? responded to uh, one of our tweets the other day uh, about one of our shows, the uh, the end of the is this the end of the road was the for Ben Roethlisberger for uh, his uh, Jeffrey Benedict's on the cutting room floor and he wrote down he threw a tweet back to me and said it's I believe it's boys to men here in which he's going <laughs> right up right up in my alley and I said what you mean it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one yes yeah I, the last time I actually communicated with Lance he tried to say something to me and I was um dealing with a lot of crap literally it was when my septic backed up in my oh. house so I didn't respond right away and it just it just it hasn't, ha- hasn't been there, but uh, uh, hope he's still doing well. Hope he's still down on the Steelers because that's what we would expect him to be. Absolutely. All <laughs> right, let's do some trivia quick, Dave. And Brian, do you have one too? I actually do. All right, sweet. Let's okay. do. go ahead, Dave. All right. I the, the Steelers are playing their first AFC North matchup of the 2021 season. That means that since the 2000, since the AFC North became a conference in 2002, All four teams have played 114 regular season games against each other. I want to know if you guys can, you can probably have an idea who's got the most wins and who has the least. I want to know if you can guess out of that 114, how many wins each of these teams have. Do you want to start with the Steelers? So we're saying overall team wins. No, AFC North wins in the regular season. So out of 114 is what, is what it's out of. Because it's it's six every year. Right. Okay. How many wins do you think the Steelers have in the North since it's been uh since it's been a thing? I'm gonna say 92. Oh, but crap, they had a couple bad years. That's <laughs> <laughs> like gonna take that back. Oh, I'm talking oh, wins, no. so the tie doesn't come in there. I'm not counting. Okay. All right, right so I'll still I'll say 90 Thanks. even. There you go. Okay, so I am going to actually go ahead and say 76 for the Steelers. All right. Well, if it's the closest without going over, it doesn't matter if it's the closest without going over because Brian was closer. It was 79. They have ah. 79. They're 79, 34, and 1. Okay. Um, what do you think? the How many wins do you think the Cincinnati Bengals have? 
so far in the <sighs> AFC North. They had a few good years. Yes, they did. Hmm. The Steelers were at 76, you said? 79. 79. I'm going to put the Bengals at 38. <laughs> I'm going to put them at 55, Dave. Okay, if they're closest without going over, it would be Jeff, but Brian was definitely closer because it was 51. Okay. Mm. Um, how Price about is the, right rules. Yep. How about the Cleveland Browns? That's probably more what did the Bengals have again? 40 50, what? No, 51. 51. 51. 35. I'm going to go 32. And you both would lose if it's price is right because they have 30. Oh my gosh. Okay. Which, <laughs> and the reason I did that, I, I, cause I wanted to save them. If you do the math, right. Knowing that there was a tie in there, you could add them all up and realize that Baltimore has 67. So I'm not going to even bother with that. But if you, the Cleveland Browns with their 30 wins and the Steelers with 79, what that means is that if the Browns went six and zero every year in the division and the Steelers went, Oh, and six, the Browns would not reach the number of wins in the division with the Steelers until the year 2029. <laughs> Just putting good. that out there. No, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good trivia. Is that it? That's it. All right, Brian, go ahead. All right. This one's really simple. Um, with the woes of the running game, there is a possibility that the Steelers will not have a 1,000-yard rusher this season. What In the 1980s, the Pittsburgh Steelers only had one year when a rusher went over a thousand yards. Who was it in what year? I'm Who not good at the it? 80s Steelers at all. In what year? I'm honestly they had a decent team. I'm going to assume it wasn't 82, because even though they were six and three, they only played nine games. Yeah. Um in the 80s, ah, dude. Do, 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 do. I'm this one's tough. Um, I don't because I'm trying to think. I don't know, Jeff. You might be able to know this. No, Frank, I was born in I was no, born no, no. 83. But no, but think, <laughs> did this is different? Did Franco Harris have a thousand yard rushing in his last? two or three years in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know that he did. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't even know what year did he go to Seattle. 84. He went to Seattle in 84, so he was with the Steelers. Okay. You know, was it um, – um, the, the, my, the, my first instinct was to be like like an 80 I, that, that Franco Harris went over 1,000, but I think that would make – I think that would make the question a little bit too too simple. I know we got close in at least one of those. So I'm going to say a little bit later, and let's go with, hmm, I'm going to say, did did would it be someone like Worley in 89? I'll go with that one. It was not Worley in 89. Worley, okay. if I, I'm not mistaken, had 770-some yards. Because okay. there wasn't on. much in between there. I know, like, 88, wasn't that like Merrill Hodge led the team in rushing, but it was hardly any or something like that? 
you're forgetting about guys like Ernest Jackson and Walter Abercrombie, but in 1981, Franco Harris had 987 yards. Uh, He was close. So he did not get there, but in Mm -hmm. his final year in Pittsburgh, Franco Harris had 1,007 yards in 1983, which is really odd to think that you have a thousand yard rusher that late in his career, in his final season in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I mean, because he did all right in '82 as well, when they didn't have as many games, right? That's uh, that's correct. And you had a couple of guys that '82 he had 600 and some yards. Okay, um, sounds about right. But you had a couple of guys like Frank Pollard fell short, I believe, by about seven yards in either '84 or '85, and Abercrombie uh, came close, but. Frank Pollard came the closest. Okay, so that's why that was such a good question because I was thinking Franco, but I I never thought about him doing it the year after the strike. So that that was a good question. All right, let's do some final thoughts here, and we'll call it a show. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Go ahead. All right, I have a uh, a quick final thought here. Um, not only or was I talking about uh, a little too much information when I was talking about James Harrison. Um, at a urinal, but James Harrison said some magic words to me because it was the week that I bought a ring for my fiance. And I went home and told my fiance, who is now my wife, Jennifer, I went and told her what James Harrison said. And he immediately became her, her least favorite player (laughs) because James Harrison said, no, no, you don't put a ring on it. Don't do that. I will never forget James Harrison for saying that about me. So now when I get my NFL, a podcast life, when I get that, when that happens, I'm going to make sure that James Harrison talks about that because I'm sure he remembers that whole thing. Um, But with that being said, look, this, uh, we talked about it not being a get right game and check out Tony's show, but really don't jump off that bandwagon just yet. Just said it earlier on that this is going to be a bumpy road. Dave's reiterated that as well. It's going to be really interesting to see how this team grows. But I really see this team as being the antithesis of what they were the last three or four years by stumbling down the stretch. And I could see them getting hot down the stretch in midseason. I still think that this is a playoff team. So don't let one game for you because hey look in the afc there's only two undefeated teams and they're in the afc west and it's denver and it's the los angeles chargers so all those other teams that you're talking about in the afc am i incorrect in that what about the raiders the raiders are two now that that's who i meant i mean it yeah, wasn't the chargers. The chargers. it yeah. was the raiders um chargers lost last week right yeah they lost yeah the chargers okay. lost to dallas excuse me yeah. thank you for giving me that look i tell you what i am praying week six that seattle has two losses when we do the preview that's all i'm gonna talk about so, all right we're done all right dave go ahead all right When the Steelers went into Buffalo and upset the Bills, everyone felt that the Steelers were so much more than what they were. And when the Steelers stumbled at home to the Raiders, now I feel like all the Steelers fans are looking at the Steelers being less than what they are. 
who they really are is somewhere in between both of those teams. So right now where a lot of fans are feeling is they're really down on the Steelers, but I don't think that's where they are, but they are a team that had that the, the difference between success and failure is a very delicate, narrow area. They have to, they have to take care of the ball and they have to get takeaways. You know, you don't have, you know, if you're going to turn over the ball, you have to get the takeaways in return. If you can, if you don't turn over the ball and you don't get takeaways, you can still overcome, but you can't do it without it. That's what they have to do. You've got to, you've either got to make the big plays on defense in that, you know, the big splash plays, or you've got to avoid them on offense for going for the other team. That's, that's kind of where this team is right now. And who knows, maybe by the time we get to November, we're having a completely different discussion. All I can think about is Denny Green when you said that who we thought they were. That was the whole point of they our are show. Who we thought they were. <laughs> That's him. You want to crown let them off the hook. Him. We had him, we let him off the hook. The Bears are who we thought they Rest in peace, <laughs> yeah. Denny Green. All right, good show, guys. Uh, we will be back next week to preview the week four game in Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. That'll be a 425 kickoff. And we'll obviously be back after the game on Sunday for the post-game show. So check us out there. Dave, send us out. Hey. Have a good weekend, everyone. Go Steelers. We'll see you. Oh, how it rips me, beloved, makes me live for tomorrow